0: Welcome to Postscript, my name is Dave Saverns, I'm one of the pastors here at Compass Point and today
1: with me is lead pastor Paul Eastwood. How's it going? It's going well. How are you, Paul? I'm good. Good. Good to be back and good to be having this conversation.
0: Yeah. So we are uh, wrapping up this series called Fully Human. Um, and you you closed us out on Sunday, talked a little more about community and relationships and this stuff. Why don't you give us a mm-hmm. little recap of, of what Sunday Sermon was
1: about? Yeah, and I think the whole series on Fully Human really ends with the idea of community, or it begins with the idea of community. Basically, what we're saying is that what it means to be fully human is clearly that relationship matters. Um, It's who we're designed to be. It's who, you know, how we've been hardwired. And so if we want to flourish and grow in our faith, Mm -hmm. um, then we need to do that in the context of community. And I think the whole conversation that we've been having throughout this is recognizing that technology and the world around us is kind of moving us towards more of an isolation kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And what we were saying is that, you know, kind of opening ourselves up to, you know, to recognize that, you know, we don't wanna move in a direction that's gonna take us to a place where we're not being formed in ways that bring us closer to Christ. But, you know, using technology, using money, doing all of these things to kind of put things back into place where we see relationships as the foundational um, part of all of this. Yeah. And so we talked about, we kind of wrapped it all up with this. And, um, and then we, you know, we kind of talked about the idea of the way of love, uh, which is really, at its core, the way of Jesus—you right. know—a grace-filled, uh, others-first, selfless kind of love—that's mm-hmm. uh, described to us in a passage that we normally hear at weddings. And right. so, I talked yeah. about First Corinthians 13, and and we kind of went from there and talked a little bit about what that looks like in the church. And then we kind of really sort of zoned in and focused in on what does that mean for the way that we interact with each other, mm-hmm. and um, and how can we kind of put ourselves in a place where we can, um, you know, really be impacted by the people that are around us.
0: Yeah. And I love that. And, you know, part of, um, part of what I've been struck with in this series. And again, as you talked on Sunday is the way that, uh, it, it's not, it's not so much like community versus like no community. Cause like, I don't, most of the things that we struggle with aren't, uh, they don't feel like they're completely opposite. They're completely 180 degrees. They feel like they're 10 degrees off, right? Like we, we give, we're given the promise of community in all of these ways, um, but to zone in on what relationship looks like in yeah. the way of love.
1: Yeah, there um, was something, and I think you guys probably touched on it last week about the idea of instrument versus uh, device. Yeah, and recognizing that um, you know this is not a technology is terrible. It's you know whatever, but technology can be terrible. Right. But 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 our responsibility is to use technology as an instrument to augment the things that are most relational and personal, and what makes us fully human. Mm. So there are lots of ways that we can use some of these things and use our cultural sort of perspective, you know, like you said, to kind of change, you know, 10 degrees, whatever, to to really kind of um, allow those kind of things to shape us and shape our community. So I'd love to get into a little bit of what uh, what we do with this. Like, I
0: think I'm, I'm all with you on the idea and the kind of big picture and the philosophy of it, uh, and the theology of it, certainly, but like practically in your life and my life and anyone's life who's listening, how do we lean into these things of love? Like what uh, we talk about practices, we talk about rule of life, what what's there for us and how do we how do we move towards that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I I, I think this is really helpful and, and important for us to to sort of dive into. And I think it it really begins with what love actually looks like, because I think that when we connect ourselves to community, there is something that happens in, in the sense that our perspective changes rather than going to community because i need community you know we've often talked about you know the coal and the fire and that when the coal gets outside of the fire it gets cold pretty quickly it goes yep. gray and it just kind of dissipates and mm-hmm. you know whatever and so we talk about the fact that your faith is strengthened when you're in community mm-hmm. which is all true 100% but what ends up happening is that we seek community for our own good I need to find people to put around me in my life so that I will grow and I will be strengthened and, and encouraged. Right, which is like true
0: and yes. and good, but it's not maybe the purpose isn't to be as strong as we can personally.
1: Exactly. The, the the you know, when we think about community, we think about this idea of love and oftentimes people will say, okay, so I thought, ta- let, let's just go. Yeah. I talked about 1 Corinthians 13 and mm-hmm. there are people who would say, you know, I don't feel like people are very loving to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I come to church every week and nobody says hi to me or I'm I'm or I come to church and I've had a bad week and and the people that should be noticing are not noticing or right. whatever. It becomes very kind of me-centered. Mm-hmm. But the kind of love that's described in 1 Corinthians 13, the, the kind of love that was on display in Jesus is always selfless and it's looking to the other person. Mm-hmm. And and this this comes back to relationships. And in fact, this is why this this is so helpful in marriage in the marriage context, is because when we look out for other people, there is a there's a certain amount of trust that others are doing that for us. Yeah. And we don't wait to be felt, you know, to feel like we're being loved mm-hmm. before we start displaying it. And so our responsibility is to enter into a community in a way that is selfless, focused on the other person and really, you know, um, looking for the common good as we work together for whatever our calling is as a church, and that is to make disciples and have people meet Jesus. And so, yeah, so there's, so that work is, is sort of an other focused kind of thing. So it has to start there. So, I mean, it sounds to
0: me like, uh, like we've been saying all along, there's, there's kind of a measure of self-reflection that starts in asking ourselves, um, like, am I really being selfless or am I in it for myself? Right. Right. And, and I think we all, at the end of the day, we all are only ourselves yes. in, in a weird way. So like we can't completely separate that. And I'll, I'm also going to recognize like there are communities that are abusive and that you do need to escape from and that, you know, there's, there's hurt is real. Trauma is real. Yes. All of those things. And, and I think part of, uh, part of this cultural moment is that we're becoming more aware of some of those things. Yep. Uh, which maybe has led to a swing that's too far that way, so that right. selfless love sounds like, well, you're just opening the door for abuse. Which yeah. we're, you know, we're let's be clear, we're yes. not. Um, yeah. But I think there is uh, a really significant way, even as we look through history, where um, that's something that that doesn't exist in in our world today like it once did, mm-hmm. uh, and like being a part of a community first as a giver. Yeah. And then for what you get out of it um, is is unique, and I yeah. think really, really potentially powerful in our culture today. Can you can you paint me a picture yeah. of what you think
1: our church would be like if we leaned more into this? Right. So I think that. So here, here, where I would start is I think that it would. It would show itself up in the sense that there would be, I mean, I think, I think I would describe the fruits of the spirit as being a a natural result of a place that is living a life of love, right? Where, you know, patience and peace and self-control and all these kinds of things come along. I think that unity becomes another really big focus. When the church is unified, when even in our diversity, when there is, when there is a um sort of a coming around of ideas and and yeah. people that are, you know, just ready and excited to kind of take that next step. So so like fruits of the spirit and and unity I think are would be some of those first things. And then secondly, of course, you'd start to see people, you know, putting aside their own preferences, mm-hmm. you know, looking to engage with other people in different ways. But I I think and maybe this, you know, part of what you're getting at here too is that This is this, and I I was pretty clear about this on Sunday. Is that sometimes when we think about you know how these relationships are working or not working or whatever, we really make it about ourselves and Mm. our ability to make these relationships work. But I think what we see in scripture is that is that yes these relationships are pivotal and important. In fact, almost every time God shows up in someone else's life, there's another person involved. Mm. But that doesn't mean that those people are ultimately responsible. Right. So, I gave the example on Sunday, which was the mind-blowing moment for me when you look at the church in Philippi, you know, it, it the Bible is really clear in Acts 16 that Lydia, the first person that Paul connects with, it says that the Lord opened her heart to hear the message that Paul was preaching. Mm. So, did Lydia's life get changed because of the Apostle Paul? Yes. Yep. But was the Apostle Paul responsible for the change that was happening? No, not exactly. It's the it's God at work, mm-hmm. and then people are just around and in right. those places. A, another example would be Philip. So here's a disciple who, you know, who ends up going along this road. God kind of tells him, "Hey, there's someone in that chariot you need to listen to." So he goes up alongside this chariot. There's this eunuch who's like reading from the prophet Isaiah. Mm. He climbs up and starts explaining it to him. Now this guy's baptized and all that kind of stuff. His story will always include Philip, the guy who showed up at the chariot. Right. But his story is always God's story, what he did. Right. Yeah. So when we think about our context, you know, you may be in somebody's story, but it's not because of your effort. It's because God uses you how he sees fit. So when you think about how this looks in the church, what I would say is it would be an incredible movement of the spirit. Hmm. So really, this is not just about us doing something in a, in the right way, quote unquote, or mm-hmm. checking off boxes. It's about it's about God entering into this space because people are living this life of love and selflessness and the Holy Spirit is moving people and stories of people coming to know Jesus and you know faith being grown up and and all kinds of things that would be what it looks like hmm. so it's so it's not something that we can manufacture in terms of the output, but what we can do is we can make ourselves available for God to use that situation so and, yeah.
0: th- and I uh, th- there's a difference in some ways between being available and working as hard as we can, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I'm I'm uh, I'm thinking about even the difference in how we how we work as a church versus how the business world works, right? When the business world works, you you develop a strategy, you be- develop a product. I'm assuming I haven't worked in the mm-hmm. business world, so please correct yes. me if I'm wrong. Um, and then you you go as hard as you can, right? You you do the best you can, uh, and and in some ways the church world invites us to use our gifts the best we can, but actually first, what we need to do is listen. Mm-hmm. First, what we need to do is discern what God's doing and, and be in line with that. Mm-hmm. And it's not like we, um, I've, I think I've even heard people say like, you kind of act like God's not going to do anything and then like, let him do with what, no, no. Cause if you start with God's not going to do anything, you're getting it wrong. Yeah. God's going to do everything. We just happen to be the, the tools that he's working yeah. through. Um, and we are like... Again, to go back to business terms, it's probably a problem with this analogy, but like God is the CEO, right? God is mm-hmm. in charge. God is actually Lord. He is mm-hmm. Lord of all. We submit to him in everything. Uh, and we, we lean in and trust, Yeah, you know, trust that he is at work, even when things seem a little sideways, even when we're not getting what we want sometimes. Yeah. Um yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's uh
1: But it yeah, and I think that's a good it's it's a it's helpful cuz it it kind of really points to this idea of what do we do and what does he do. Mm-hmm. And I would say that that like there is a delicate balance for sure. I think we always give credit where credit is due. But like, you know, the apostle Paul didn't just like sit back and say like you know, if God's going to use me, he's going to use me, and I'll just wait till the person brings whoever it is into my life. Right. What Paul did instead was he went out, right? He went to the riverbank in Philippi. Yep. He, you know, made himself available to the jailer. He, he, he was very active very and he was working hard to, you know, to do whatever he could to win people to Christ. Mm-hmm. I think there's a story about, um, um, about uh, you know missionaries, you know, like early on when when the whole idea of missions was was a little bit outside of you know because they you know the, the Christian faith because people would say, look, if God's going to do it, God's going to do it with right. or without your help, you know. So sit down, young man, and don't go, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And and I think that was William Carey. I think Um, and and there was someone who said to him, you know, like God's going to convert those people with or without your help. So you know, stop stop playing around. Right. And and that's why I think that we we do need to work at uh, what we have in front of us. We need to be diligent, um, but not because we are going to manufacture these relationships. Because we know and we expect that God is going to use someone, and it could be us in this person's life.
0: Yeah and it, I mean this is again some of the history of of our uh saints who have gone before us some of our theological teachers right is this this tension between God absolutely has everything in control predestined mm-hmm. and God absolutely calls us to be a part of it um and like you can't you can't assume that God is not at work because he is and you can't assume that God is going to work without you because right. actually we're called to be like and there's a yeah. fun Yeah. Fun. No, that's helpful. Yeah. Um, so in, in our, hmm, I mean, this is great. It's, it's kind of big picture still in our, in our day to day relationships. What, what do you think leaning into this?
1: would change. How,
0: how would, uh, entering into our church feel different? What kind of conversations would you overhear? What kind of relationships would you see forming?
1: Yeah. So I would say if, you know, if we're saying, okay, well, what do we do with this? Um, there are two parts. One is we need to learn what, what it really feels like to live this life of love, Mm. which means that we can invite other people into this and say, Hey, you know, I want to try this, you know, can you help me talk this through? What does it look like? Help me understand, you know, whether I'm doing it right or whether you feel like it's not, you know, following what we're seeing in First Corinthians thirteen. So there's that side of it. But I think the other side, which is um, perhaps even you know equally, if not more important, is is putting us ourselves in places where we will have influences in our lives that will are positive. Right. I think I use the example um, uh, Andy Stanley uh, has always told his youth that the the your friends will determine the direction and quality of your life. Mm-hmm. And I think this is true of all of us the first thing I would do, you got your little journals, you can work through this, you know, as you're kind of thinking this through. Um, and, and if you're listening along, I just, you know, take a few seconds here and just think this through, but who would you say are the five most influential people in your life right now? Hmm. Not because of faith, not because of whatever, but just because of proximity, the people that are closest to you and um, because of the, the type of relationship. So maybe, you know, the people that, Maybe it's people you work with. Maybe it's the people that you spend the most time with at school. If you're you know, a student, whatever it is, think of those top five people. And then the second part of the exercise would be, who would be the five people that you could put in your life right now that would help you grow your faith? Hmm. If you think about relationships that you have with people, and I would guess that those two lists are probably going to be different. And what I would suggest, especially if you are new in your faith, is take some steps to take one of the people from the list of they'd actually help me grow my faith and figure out a way to have more um, time and space with that individual right, right now right. Um, and so that might involve you getting involved in a small group connecting in with a small group it might be um, it might be that you need to um, start a regular connection with just this one person this one girl this one guy whatever mm-hmm. um, or you know, It could mean, you know, if you're a student getting involved in some of the programs like Young Life or Wildlife, you know, finding people who are going to speak into your life in a way that's going to form you uh, towards more Christ likeness and help you align your life to the way of Jesus.
0: So I love that. And you you mentioned Young Life and Wildlife on Sunday. And I think that's great kind of um, looking up, if I can say that. uh, Is there a second half of this challenge for maybe those who are a little farther along? to create space and to look down. Like I, I I, know I've heard from a lot of youth and young adults in my years of ministry who have said like, I've tried to find a mentor, I've tried to find, no one's got time for me, no one's got space for me. Um, how do we become a church where those of us who are farther along have capacity to give or protect that capacity to give and mentor and encourage?
1: That's a good question and I'm I'm not sure exactly how to answer it because I don't think the answer is for us to, um, you know, to, again, to to try to, like, you know, for someone to say, oh, well, I'm mature in my faith, so I'm going to go find someone to tell right. them how to live their life or whatever. I know I'm, I'm oversimplifying, and, and certainly no one who is mature in their faith would have that perspective. But I think that the reason is not that, oh, there's lots of people that are out there, and you can just ask them, like what i'm trying to get at is that is that for many of our our youth or young adults who would say I'd, I'd want someone like that in my life but i can't find them it's probably because we're we're in an environment where we're not living out this life of love as described in 1st corinthians 13 hmm. and what i mean is that is that even as nice of people we are we're you know there may be some great people that are very mature in their faith but they're not um they're not in a place where they're opening themselves up to people that are around them just to be available not to you know so for example just going and talking to someone saying hi to them you Mm -hmm. know um initiating conversation i think that the um there there has been some success i think when people you know attempt to manufacture these relationships in terms of like hey let's you know can you be my mentor and kind of go from there sure but i don't think that's always the way it works and i think that sitting back and saying, well, nobody wants to, no one answers my call or, you know, whatever is probably, um, you know, more on the excuse side. And I think yep. we just got to, I think we just got to push in to those kinds of relationships. And that's why we talk about gathering together regularly. Right. And that's that why needs d- to be a, yeah.
0: So we, we talked about gathering together and, and being part of a smaller community, as much as we love our diversity, uh, of community on Sunday yep. morning, we know it's probably not the place where you're going to fill all those relational buckets and kind of get that. Yeah. Influence that we need, um, but we also talked at sticker on Sunday. We talked about like find someone with a common interest, yeah. Um, like and and just enter into some of these relationships or like introduce yourself to someone and think, oh, I know someone who you might yeah. actually be a great connection with, and that's yeah part of the beauty of us being uh, a community of people who have nothing more in common than our need for Jesus. Right, is that we we do get these really interesting crossed relationships yeah. that I think are beautiful and helpful and can express this life of love. Yeah. um,
1: But it requires us, it requires us to show up. And I think that's the, like, you know, make a commitment to regularly attend the gathering. Mm -hmm. I think, as, as silly or as simple as that sounds, that is profound because when we commit to each other, at least in the sense of like, I'm going to be here every week, mm-hmm. then we start to see people, you know, on a regular basis, and then we can enter into those conversations.
0: And, and I would say if you, uh, I, I know some people feel a little bit maybe cynical or a little bit uh, like they've they've been to the gathering, but there's nothing there, right? Yeah. Um, my, my next step would be don't just show up, participate in the mm-hmm. gathering, right? Cause what we do as a church isn't isn't a show. As much as you may be preaching yeah. or maybe leading worship, right? This is this is community. And I talk with a lot of our volunteers. Church church starts in the parking lot. Yeah. It ends in the parking lot. And actually like the 15 minutes before, half an hour after all that, that's as much what God is doing, if not more at times, than than what happens in the auditorium. So I think there's just so much space to build relationships to to start practicing this love to move outside of our comfort zones and to, to create space for people. So,
1: yeah, yeah, I love it. Well, I think,
0: I think that's probably a good, good place to wrap up. If
1: I could just say to, to, just to jump off on what you're saying, participation is living a life of love. Hmm. Like, and that's the, that's the, to me, this was the key. And I think that, you know, for like when Paul was talking about the church, talking about how it should be organized talking about how it's made up. Yeah. He stops for a moment and he clears his throat and he says, "Oh, by the way, mm-hmm. if you do this without love, it's useless." Right. And so what I would say is that if yes, participate. <laughs> yes, you know, encounter God together with others. You know, use the body as a place where you can plug in, but do it from a perspective of love, mm-hmm. displaying the kind of love that Jesus showed us. And I believe that is the, the key that kind of, you know, unlocks that thing um, that we've been looking for when it comes to that relationship. So good.
0: Well, thank you, Paul. Uh, I'm excited to uh, keep, keep going here as we are coming up on Easter and um, yeah, continuing to explore why this person of Jesus is so important and changes everything about us and our community. Thank you for listening along to Postscript. Uh, We'll be back soon with more.